0: Thank you for tuning in to Faith Worship Center's weekly sermon. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by this week's message as we all live to bring more of heaven to earth. How are you? Good. Good. Well, I'm doing better. Thank you. Thank you all for praying. I, I When I went into the ER room, They did the COVID test on me. I told the guy, I already tested negative. I mean, I know I don't have it, you know. And and, uh, so he sticks that thing way up my nostril. I said, man, you you go up any higher, you're bound to find something up there. And they did. They found it. They found it for sure. And then uh, when I went into the, uh, the ICU, the surgeon came in and said, well, we found that your lung has collapsed. And he said, your condition ranges from uh, minor to fatal, and you were getting close to the fatal. You were on the extreme side of things. And he, as he told me, I laid there, and it, I felt like I had a bubble of grace on me, and I was just kind of like going, no, I don't think so. Couldn't have been that bad, but anyway, I'm here. You guys prayed for me. Thank you so much been a month since i spoke so i hope i'm it's like riding a bicycle you know i hope um i i i'm going to share from my heart i feel like over the last probably about the last 6 or 7 months i feel like the lord has been doing some internal work on not just myself i know this involves uh many people as well But I know for myself, there's been some internal workings going on, some movement inside there, some stirrings, and some awakenings, so to speak. Not that I'm woke, (laughs) but awakenings (laughs) that are going on. And uh, I feel, I I, I just um, really do sense that the Holy Spirit is up to, Something that's really, really big. That there's there's something really big, really close to just breaking out upon the church. And uh, so I, I wanted to share some things. I um, I I feel that um, you know, I feel like there are times that the Lord just directs us in in seasons that we go in in seasons in life, and there are times that we just connect with Him. Uh, so easily, there are other times that it's harder, more difficult to connect with Him. It's Maybe harder to hear Him, harder to see what He's doing, what He's saying. Uh, maybe you're praying and you don't feel like your prayers are being heard um, or answered. And there's these seasons in life that we go with. And so I'm I'm going to um, share something that I, I I can't I can't honestly say that this applies to every single person in here, but I can say this is going to touch every single person in here. It's going to touch close to heart, close to your heart. I I really do feel that. And so I'm going to start with um, a scripture in Jeremiah. I haven't preached out Jeremiah in a long time. And uh, I really felt like there's just something the Lord, the Holy Spirit is really wanting to say uh, in this, and so in Jeremiah 4 3 it says, For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. He's talking to the men of Judah and Jerusalem. Break up your fallow ground, and do not sow among the thorns. Circumcise your uncircumcised hearts and return to the Lord. So I'm starting this script I'm starting this uh, message off with this scripture because I feel that the Lord is really wanting to show us some things of what he's up to today, how he's some, I'm not saying all of us got callous during COVID, something changed during COVID, something happened during COVID. Maybe there was like more distance created. You know, we had, we were told social distance from each other. So obviously in that sense, there was some distancing that was going on. I remember when it first broke out, our kids came over the house and because the whole world had gone into a panic, you know, they came over, and they had they had their mask on, and we've got their little grandbabies standing out there, and we couldn't get closer than six feet apart. And and um, even before that encounter, we went over to their house, and we were looking through the windows at them, you know, and it was just like, remember how that was? It was just like, this is, this is wrong. This is just wrong. I don't, no matter how you try to sort through this stuff, it's just something is off here. And uh, for the last two years, we've been going through this uh, this swing, this shift. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, begin to begin to cut, cut through our, our stuff, the extras that are in our heart. We've picked up some extra stuff. Break up the fallow ground. Maybe our hearts have gotten a little tough. Maybe they haven't. But if they have, break it up, circumcise your hearts, cut off the excess, the stuff that's not needed, and return to the Lord. Luke 9,
1: 57.
0: Luke 9, 57. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds have holes, of the air have nests. Now, I love birds. You all know that. and I like foxes, too, if you've seen my Facebook page. I can really relate to this message because I, I love being out. I love seeing nature. I love taking pictures of stuff like this. Foxes have holes. They do. Birds have nests. They do. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But that one said, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. An interesting statement. Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. So what, Jesus isn't just turning him away. He's telling him, let the dead bury their dead, but you go preach the kingdom of God. Preach the kingdom of God. Preach the kingdom of God.
1: It's a statement. It's,
0: you ever notice that God doesn't make suggestions? He makes statements. Jesus makes statements. Any questions that he asks, are questions that cause people to think so that they can form a statement around the question. And he's making a statement here. Go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me go bid them farewell at my house. And Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. This, this is not... I don't want this to be a heavy, hard message, but maybe it's going to be. I'll try to smile through it. But I feel like the Holy Spirit is wanting to adjust His people. He's calling us to adjust ourselves, to adjust our hearts. You can you can just hear what's taking place here. Anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. He's calling people up into a level that's higher in a societal norm. He's saying, come with me. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever broken up fallow ground with a shovel or a plow or whatever. I don't know how many of you have ever done that. But this is this is really interesting with the the old the old I saw some hands going up. Okay, it's not fun. I'll tell you, it's it's not there's nothing pretty about it, there's nothing clean about it, there's nothing fun about it. It just has to be done, right? And uh, the old plows that they used to have, they'd hook, hook it up behind oxen, and the oxen would pull the plow. And the plow was designed in such a way that in the front, it would dig down into the soil, and then there was a curvature to the blade. And the blade would go ahead and tear up the ground. It would just slice into the ground. It would be totally futile to try to push that plow by yourself. You couldn't move it. It had to be pulled. And the part of the farmer was just simply to follow it and to guide the oxen.
1: That was his part.
0: I don't know about you, but I, I, I feel when Jesus was talking about he who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God, he was basically saying the kingdom of God is going to require you
1: to plow, to follow. Not going to require you to push. It's going to require you to follow. And follow the plow.
0: Follow the plow, follow the plow wherever it goes, right? Follow that plow, man. Get behind that plow
1: and follow. Follow.
0: Now, the plow breaks up hardened ground, or new territory on plowed ground. And only the farmer is really thankful for a plow. The plow does it all, and it really means nothing to the consumer. When we go in to buy vegetables at the grocery store, we don't think, the plow gave me these vegetables. But the farmer knows. He knows that that ground's got to be tilled up. He knows that ground's got to be dug up. And I was thinking about farmers as they're, they're walking behind a plow, especially in the older days. Now we have machines that do all this. But I'm thinking about these guys as they're going along. Now they're stepping in crap. I'm thinking another word, but I'll just say crap. They're stepping in manure. They are walking and trampling through manure. And it's on uneven ground. Not easy walking, not easy work. They're getting dirty. They're getting messy. They have to be careful not to twist their ankles. They have to be careful how they walk. But they're following the plow. The
1: plow is leading.
0: I just found this very interesting, that Jesus ties in having no one having put his hand to the, hand to the plow and looking back as fit for the kingdom of God. He, he's basically saying, if you're, if you're going to walk in the kingdom of God, Get ready to get messy. Get ready to step in some stuff that's not pretty. Might not smell good. Might not look good.
1: But get ready for it.
0: And I thought about this because, well, I just thought about this because I remember reading the scripture back when I first rededicated my life back in the late 70s. I read this scripture, and I realized that the Lord was showing me something. He's saying, once you set your hand to this kingdom of supernatural power and miracles and relationship with me and, and reading my word and coming before me in prayer and, and asking me, and I'll, I'll answer. Once you come before this and do this, your hand's set to the plow. Looking behind, makes it, 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 it's not going to help you. Looking back and comparing to where we've been, how many are guilty of doing this? Looking back and comparing now to where you've been. I'm not the only one, right? My hand is up. It really is. It's not a trick question. It's up. Looking back and comparing that to where we are is not the kingdom because it is not following. It's looking behind. I mean, to follow a plow is, is work. You're going to find rocks. It's not just a matter of tilling up ground, especially if it's ground that hasn't been plowed before. You've got roots. You've got rocks. i got a piece of uh, land out behind my house right now that it, last spring I got ambitious. I decided we're going to cut some trees, put an orchard out there, you know, and, and this year it's sitting a mess.
1: You'll find rocks and roots,
0: hard-packed soil, And if you're looking for comfort, the kingdom's probably not the thing that you want. It's just probably not.
1: If you're looking to change the world, the kingdom is exactly what you want. If you're looking to be a world
0: changer, the kingdom is for you. If you're looking for someone to relate with and walk with and have intimacy with, the kingdom is for you. Because he'll be with you all the time. He'll never leave you. And he'll never forsake you. And if we're following Jesus and the kingdom of God, we won't find him behind us. Because we can have experiences back of us, right? We, we've got experience. We've all lived through experiences. Good experience. I've had several, many good experiences with God. Powerful experiences with God. But for me to look back and want that experience to happen again, That that is over behind us. I think that's what Jesus is trying to say. You put your hand to the plow, you're going forward. What's behind you is over. It's done. You can't relive it. You can't go back there. You can remember it. It's okay to have the memory and call to remembrance the things of God and what he's done in your life. But to want it happen again for you right now, it's over. It's a different time. I remember the days of renewal when we first got into renewal. Man, we had people so whacked out in the Holy Ghost. They're laying on the floor. They're bent over seats. They're laughing. They're crying. They're excited. There's all sorts of things that are going on. We used to have something called carpet head where if you stayed on the carpet too long, you'd get up, you'd have carpet imprint on the side of your face. You know, and you'd just be walking like whacked. We had people pulled over coming from our meetings. they get pulled over by the police going down the road because they, the police thought they were drunk. Where are you coming from? Church. (laughs) Well, they're true stories. But looking back on better days and wanting to have them now is like a snare that keeps us from seeing the better things that lay ahead for us in the kingdom. Behind us lays the old harvest, ahead of us lays the new. Behind us lay what the Holy Spirit did, ahead of us lays what he is doing and what he's going to do. Yeah, I mean, he is faithful. He's going to be faithful to always keep his promises, no matter what season we're in. And that's what you got to know when you're hands to that plow. You're going forward, you might be stepping through a mess. You could have messed up relationships. You could have people that don't like you. You can have neighbors that get angry. You can have people that are upset with you. Your your hand is to the plow. You just keep going. Keep your eyes fixed on those oxen. Keep your hand fixed to that plow. And you just keep going,
1: breaking up the ground.
0: Breaking up the fallow ground in our hearts requires that we pay attention to where our hearts are invested. I think this is really important. Pay attention to where you're investing your heart.
1: Pay attention to it. What?
0: What are you investing your life into? Are, I mean, are you just letting your heart guide you? And you're just like, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let my heart take me wherever my heart takes me. Good luck with that. The kingdom's probably not for you. That's messy stuff walking behind a plow. Our hearts are very important, but they are not the things that are going to correctly lead us through life. We need instruction. There are times we, our hearts need correction. There are times our hearts need to be told, hey, hey, where, where are you going here? Luke eleven twenty seven 27, it says, and it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. But he said, more than that, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Wow. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Jesus is saying this, okay? It's it's our Lord. It's Jesus saying this. Blessed are those who hear the word of God
1: and keep it. Keep it. And like, you
0: know what happens? I don't know about you, but there are times... When I read uh, a section in, in, in scripture, when I read sections of scripture, I something uh, you know hits me the wrong way, like I don't understand this. Right? I'm like reading something I don't I don't understand this.
1: It's okay. It's okay not to
0: understand. But if you come across a bunch of that stuff, and the, the, the more that you start reading the Word, the more stuff you start not understanding, there might be something that... Your heart's getting a little bit out there. You know what I mean? It's getting a little lost. And you might need to ask your heart some questions. Like, why,
1: why are you avoiding this? Why are you avoiding
0: the Word of God? i tell you today... You know, Jesus talked about the spirit of the age. I'll tell you today, there's a spirit today that is working so hard to discredit the Bible as the word of God. Working so, so hard
1: to discredit the scriptures.
0: Uh, spirit will say that the word of God is outdated and obsolete. And one of the things he says, the other thing is tampered with by men. Men have tampered with it so much it's not even relevant anymore. Just
1: Forget it. You don't have to believe all
0: of it. Just believe the part that your heart likes. Like uh, I heard about Thomas Jefferson Bible. I don't know if you heard about his Bible. He, he, Thomas Jefferson took the Bible and he cut out all the scripture that he didn't like. And what was left is the scriptures that he only liked. <laughs> Narrowed it down to quite a bit. Because, you, you know, your, your heart is good. We need our hearts. We need our spirits. We, we need to feel life. We need to have joy. We need to be happy. We need to be feeling happy. We need all those good things, but your heart is not the one to direct you through life. The Word of God is. his counsel. You will, you will not find better counsel in the world than the Scripture. We need the Word of God to guard our hearts, to correct us when we stray, to keep us connected when we're falling behind the messy work of the plow. Plow cutting into hardened areas of our heart isn't to make us feel good, it's to open up to hear his voice and keep us from drifting into destructive philosophies and the errors of society. There, there's an, a, an evolution in culture that happens with every generation. There is, every generation faces different issues, faces different concerns. They say that back in the 1950s in school, one of the biggest problems that school teachers face was kids sticking bubble gum under their desk. I'd say we've regressed to bigger issues than that. And I'd say that every society has shifts and changes and stuff like that. And I, and I feel like as, as humans... We need some grounding. We, we need something solid that we can anchor to. What did Jesus say? He who builds his house on the sand, when the storms come, it will collapse. But you build your house on something solid. When the storms come, you'll stand. And I can trust the word of God. I, I feel like the Bible is something I can trust. I don't understand everything. Oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? I don't understand why Ecclesiastes is even in there. But, you know, you you read it and you go, okay, I'm reading all this stuff. And at the end, you know, whoa, everything is just, uh, you know, whatever. And it's like, why is that in there? And it's in there because there are some people that are living Ecclesiastes. They're they're there. Vanity of vanity. All is vanity. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm not there. But that doesn't disqualify. My experience doesn't disqualify what's been written.
1: We need the word to guide our hearts,
0: folks. And I can guarantee you that right now, I I might not be in the Ecclesiastes moment. There, There might be a time that I am. There might be a time that I feel like, you know, maybe as I'm 150 or 200 years old, I might feel like, wow, I've lived my whole life. What was the point in this? Vanity of
1: vanities. But I doubt that I'm ever going to think that way.
0: Um, I'm going to share a little story. I'm going to be wrapping this up really quick. I told you, I was, my, my throat's already starting to feel this. But around four years ago, we went to Cancun. And um, we, Cancun was beautiful where we were at, the part that we were at. It wasn't right downtown Cancun. It was outside the outskirts. But we had a nice place Thankfully we had points on our credit card that we were able to keep the stay in there and it's been been it's just wonderful. We had a great time in Cancun and I wanted to go snorkeling so I packed this mask and the snorkel. No, I didn't have the feet fins or anything like that. I decided I'm going to go snorkeling. So I go on the, go on the beach in this little cove and I start snorkeling along. It's very wavy in the cove, you know, it's kind of musty. There's like seaweed kicking up and stuff and it was kind of dirty water. And so I decided, okay, I'll go out a little bit further. And I, there was a peninsula of coral that was running along this cove. And it was a peninsula going out into the water. So I'm, I've, i you know, I mean, the water is like 84 degrees. It's warm outside. I mean, it's just perfect conditions for snorkeling. You're not like the coldness of the water isn't taking your breath away. And I'm just going along, and I've seen all these exotic, exotic fish. They're just beautifully colored fish. And I'm just underneath going, <gasps> wow, you know, just going along, and there's a nice slow current, it's just helping me along the peninsula, so I'm hardly having to make any effort at all swimming, it was just great, I'm just going along, and I, I kind of like lost track of how long I was doing this,
1: and the current got a little stronger,
0: and I thought, hmm, wow, this is making swimming easy, but Maybe I should uh, look to see where I am. So I, I stop for a minute, and I'm still drifting with the current going along, and I turn behind me, and I'm about a quarter of a mile away from where I started. I can't get out on the coral. The current is too strong at that time. Tide was going out, and it was carrying me out to sea. I was going out to sea. Poor lifeguard, right? He's back, quarter of a mile, running after me with his red thing in his hand. He's got a whistle. And I look at the lifeguard. I'm going, oh, I think I'm in trouble. <laughs> wow, I knew enough not to try to swim directly into the the current. It was too strong for that. It was at this point, it was like a river current. So I swam out across towards the big water, and I knew once I got out of that strong current, I turn around and start coming back, and I did. And I was still swimming against the tide. I'm I'm getting like winded. I'm like struggling, right? I mean, I'm a good swimmer, but I'm struggling. I'm like pushing it with all I can. The lifeguard is still standing there watching me. He's seeing that I'm trying to get back and that I'm making slow progress. So he's not going to get himself wet on account of me. But I'm getting like tired, man. I mean, I'm having to do the breaststroke, having to go on my back and do some kicking. It's taken a long time
1: to get back to shore.
0: And I just share this story with you guys because I feel like that's kind of life can do that to us. We can get so caught up in what we're seeing and stuff around us, maybe not quite paying attention to where we're at, where we're drifting. We find ourselves drifting away from the Lord, drifting away from his word, drifting away from spending time with him, drifting away from Meditating on the goodness of his heart. Now what was David what did David say? He said, Let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight,
1: O Lord my God. I don't I don't know, but I think at
0: some point when we're in the kingdom and we're going behind that plow, it can get, it can get tiring and it can get exhausting. It can, you can just feel like, man, where is the harvest, man? I just feel like I'm plowing forever here. But trust in the Lord and don't lean onto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. He will. Trust in Him. When I first came down with this sickness, I think it was on the 28th of March. And I was laying in bed. I don't know if I was hallucinating. I don't know if my fever had a part to do with this or if I, uh, I was taking Mucinex MD. I don't know if I had anything to do with that. But I was really tired, really excited, really exhausted, right? And I'm laying in their bed, and I started talking to the Lord as I'm laying there. I just started meditating on his goodness. And as I'm laying there meditating on his goodness, I felt myself floating up from the business. This is going to sound really weird. I, just, I I, I will just, I deny new age. Okay, I'm not a new age or anything like that, but all right. I, I found myself like floating in, in the spirit. I felt like my spirit was floating. And then I I saw this thin veil, a, a veil that I was like floating right through. And this is all, I'm seeing this all in my perspective. Perception. I'm not seeing this in the literal, all right? I, I don't see myself. I'm, it's not like I'm looking down. It, it wasn't like I was on death door and I'm leaving my body and I'm looking from, oh, that's me down there. No, it wasn't anything like that. I had this perception that I'm floating through this. And as I went through this veil, I sensed the presence of God so strong in my life. It was just mind-blowing that it was like, whoa, Lord, what is this? What are you showing me, Holy Spirit? What is this you're showing me? And this is what I felt like I heard him say. Maybe it was Musin XMD. I don't know. But this is what I felt like he said. He said,
1: this is how my people should be reading my word. Here in my presence
0: with me. He said, you can come here anytime, read my word here in my presence, and you can ask me any questions you have about my word, and I'll answer them for you
1: in my presence. Now,
0: I also want to just... Share this When I'm going along the coral reef and I'm drifting and I'm not paying attention to where my direction is and how far away I'm getting. I didn't hear a booming voice. Say, hey, check yourself out. Where are you?
1: But I did feel something inside. A need to check. And that's what this message is about. Is there a need inside of you to check? Is there a need inside of us? to check.
0: Not a guilt trip. I don't believe me, I'm not into guilt trips. I'm not into making you feel like you have to respond. I'm asking a question: Is there a need to check yourselves
1: Because I know there's been a need in me. Check, Daryl.
0: Romans 1, 16 to 17 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in the righteousness of God is re- revealed from faith to faith, as it, is, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. This scripture, it, it basically reveals there's salvation for all who believe. Okay? The word of God tells us this. We, we wouldn't know it any other way except for that we can read it. And we can believe it. And we can invest our faith in it to say yes and amen. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul, spirit, joints, and marrow, and a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. It discerns your thoughts and your intents of your heart. It's like I said earlier, our hearts need to have checks.
1: Put in them. It's a discerner of our thoughts and the intent of our hearts.
0: And there is no creature, no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. And that last statement, to whom we must give account, that statement, has held me throughout my believing life to understand that what I do here on this earth, I'm going to give account for. And it's not, I don't look at that giving account for like some kind of punishment. I'm not awaiting punishment from my father. I'm a child of God. I know I'm a child of God. He calls me a child of God. I believe I'm a child of God because he calls me one. I don't call myself one. He calls me a child of God. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved i don 't doubt my salvation because i 've called upon the name of the Lord i know i 'm saved i don 't live in fearful punishment of the lord i, I i'm not that i 'm not saying that 's what this accounting thing is for. I actually believe it's going to be more like a
1: I actually don 't even
0: know it 's How can I actually say this? I've never had to actually stand before the creator of the universe, the father and God of all. I've never had to stand before him and give an account. But I know because it's in here that someday we must give account.
1: And somehow that helps me
0: stay behind the plow. It helps me to know that with all the mess and all the smell and all the dirt that's flying up in, from this plow, all the hardness of my heart that's getting ripped apart by the power of the Holy Spirit, all of it,
1: someday, someday, I'm going to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant.
0: I can I am sure thankful that I'm not gonna have to give an account for everything that I have ever said. Cause we it would take eternity probably to, to get through all that. But the accounting is gonna be
1: son, did you follow? Did you trust? You didn't give up, son. I'm proud of you. You didn't give up, daughter. I'm proud of you. You didn't quit. You stayed faithful to the end. Wow. Well, I'm done.
0: Thank you. I'm surprised I made it this long. Let's all stand up together. I, I I just want to pray, I, I just want to pray for s- someone in here. I, I, maybe more than just one, but I just ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would just reveal to us, put the put the searchlight on us, Lord. Just let your light shine on us, let your love shine on us, because your love wins us. It really does. It's your love is what wins wins us over. It's what's won us over in the beginning. It's going to keep winning us over through life. You're just watching us behind that plow, just faithfully going along. You're just saying, man, I love love these guys. They're such a good people here. They're just plowing ahead. They're going. They're
1: following. They're trusting me. They're not giving
0: up. I thank you for that, Lord. I pray that for everyone that's in this room. I, I pray off shame and guilt and condemnation off anybody, anybody who thinks that you have a, a bad, a bad liking for them. Just, I just break that shame and the lion of the accuser off of them, Lord, and I just release them into the freedom of who you are, the power of who you are, and the identity that you call them sons and daughters of yours, that you love them, Lord. You light up when they walk into a room. You're absolutely captivated
1: by who you've made us to be. And we just want to just keep our hearts aligned and in check with you.
0: I pray for the miraculous to begin to flow in ways that we have yet to see, Lord. I know you're getting ready to cook up something really big for us. My prayer is, I hope we're ready. And I just ask you, God, for the miraculous just to flow, that more of those wheelchair walkings will come, people that like Joyce who still has this arm and the effects of the stroke, that she'd be totally, completely healed, that all of that would just leave her, Lord. I pray for uh, Elizabeth, Lord, that you would just completely heal her. For Aubrey, you'd completely heal him, Lord, and for Ruth. Uh, pray for Lorraine, Lord, that you would visit her in that hospital bed and completely heal her of that stage four cancer, Lord. Just do a reversal, a supernatural miracle. You've done it before, you can do it again. We just call these things forth for you, Lord, that you are greater than all the things that we experience down here. And we have trusted in you and we say, yes, Papa, yes, Father. Onward we will go in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Wow. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. If you'd like more information about our church, visit faithworship.org. (laughs) Oh <laughs>